Hi everyone, I'm transporting myself from my kitchen to a world of delectable food cultures and this is one incredible journey you want to accompany me on. I'm Alicia. I love baking and I knew food was going to be a huge part of my life since I was seven. A lot of you may have seen what I'm up to in my kitchen, but I want to give you a glimpse into my love for exploring the world of pastry through new cultures. So, on my podcast, I want to sit down with chefs, restaurateurs, entrepreneurs and food lovers who took up the challenge of bringing the world's cuisine to India. Join me as I learn more about food from here and there. This week, we're taking a trip to the Italian countryside. Guiding us in our journey is Cacio e Pepe's Apeksha Agarwal. A 60-day trip to Italy, trying different kinds of authentic Italian food, inspired Apeksha to bring a taste of Italy to India. This was how Cacio e Pepe, her own artisanal pasta brand, was born. We talk about her memories of cooking and eating with the family she stayed with in Italy, the basics of making pasta from scratch, and the art of pairing the right pasta with the right sauce. Hi, Apeksha. Thank you so much for coming here and taking time out of your little pasta kitchen to come and speak to me today. Thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> for someone whose pasta I've been ordering since the past like two, three years and to actually have you here and to understand your journey coming from your background as a filmmaker to having this beautiful pasta kitchen that's delivering all over Bombay. Yeah, you know, I think the best way to start this would be just to go right from the beginning. So you've had quite a journey with your career and making films in Mumbai and now you're making pasta and like other delicious food from across Italy. So what made you decide to take the leap from filmmaking and producing to cooking? I think honestly I'd reached like a point in my career where it was not really satisfying me entirely because I mean filmmaking sounds amazing <laughs> when it's just filmmaking yeah. but it's also a business and then I'm like, you know, maybe I need to start something on my own because it's not like mm -hmm. satisfying anymore. I mean, I'm yeah. just like kind of executing someone else's ideas. I didn't feel like I was really using my skills to the level that I felt at that point that I needed to. I mean, I don't know what it was. Yeah. Maybe a combination <laughs> of things. But something wasn't sitting right. Mm -hmm. I needed to change something. So I also like... I think just a year before I was kind of making this transition to finding this new hobby. Firstly, I'm not like someone who's like cooked all my life or yeah. eaten all my life, definitely. Mm -hmm. And like my palate's always been <laughs> more uh, sensitive, let's just say, even with home food or like eating out. I've been like yeah. particular about what I like, but I've never been like a cook. Most of the cooking that I've done has been when I was a student in the States for about three years. That's uh -huh. it. <laughs> so it wasn't like a natural progression. Mm -hmm. um, so I think at that point, six years ago, probably towards the end of the year when I'm like, I'm done, like I can't do it. I was yeah. like completely burnt out. That was like sort of my transition point, let's right. just say. I was still traveling a lot, of course. I think that year I went to Portugal. I hadn't gone to Italy yet. Mm -hmm. And I started kind of playing around with sourdough at home. So yeah, I took a break. I did traveling. I was doing sourdough at home just for the heck <laughs> of it because I was like, what else do I do? And I was yeah. just enjoying it because I was doing something with my hands and I hadn't done that in a while with the job that I had. So mm -hmm. it was just like a literal time pass at home. Yeah. But that kind of triggered an interest in food. Yeah. But in sort of the slow food. 
So like right. sourdough was interesting to me because of the process of it, not uh-huh. just putting something out there for me to sell or give. It was just like, okay, it took that much effort yeah. and time. And uh-huh. there were so many variables involved. And it was like, I enjoyed that. And I think it was like 2018 when I made my first trip to Italy. And I was like planning this trip to Italy for a while, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it finally happened that year and I already had an idea of maybe I should learn cooking and like see if that's something I like to do. So I just signed up for like a five-day course, to be honest. It wasn't a professional course. It was like one of those experiential cooking um classes in Tuscany in a villa and like I was like oh yeah that sounds good I'm gonna do it <laughs> it was always a seven week trip so right. I straight up I decided yep. I was gonna be there for that long and I had a couple of friends there who I was gonna spend time with and um, kind of just play by you I hadn't planned a chunk of that trip to be honest I just had right. like a return ticket <laughs> that's it in between I filled as I kind of went along went on yeah, yeah. Uh, except for that one course that yeah. I decided that I was going to do. Course. Five days, yeah. And I mean, that course was great and all. It was my first time in Italy, yep. firstly. <laughs> to backtrack a bit, Italian food is not my favorite. Really? <laughs> as blasphemous as that's going to sound. Because I'd never been to Italy, A. Mm. The best Italian food I'd eaten was not here. And I'd spent most of my life here. Yeah, I was working in San Francisco and I'd been to this one restaurant, Italian mm. restaurant there that blew my mind. Really? I was like, this is Italian food. I mean, is this like some California version of Italian food or is this <laughs> Italian food? Yeah. Or, you don't know how, where you eat the cuisine changes, yeah, right? Exactly. Like It definitely changes a little bit. Because and was it authentic? It still had a California spin to it. Yeah. For me, that was my first memory of really being blown away right. by Italian food. Uh-huh. And that still stuck even when I started Cacio e Pepe, to be honest. You know, it was still the memory of that meal. It was at a restaurant called Fla Plus Water in San Francisco. So that was handmade pasta that I had never heard of before and like ravioli that I'd never heard of before like served very simply but like that tasted so amazing that I was like okay like what have I been eating all my life exactly in the name of Italian food Uh so it would be the last thing that I would order to be honest if I had a choice of eating out it would not be Italian is that still now as well now it's all the more because I eat it so much (laughs) (laughs) otherwise I mean I enjoy it but the thing is I still don't find the kind of Italian food that I like outside it's Mm -hmm. rare So I tend to either cook it or eat it when I travel. Uh That restaurant and then the first trip to Italy and then eating over there Mm -hmm. is what I was like, oh my God, this is like great. Yeah. (laughs) I love uh, this food. And of course, like before traveling to Italy, I had like started doing my time pass cooking and like everyone was starting food blogs then and food Instagram pages. Let me do this (laughs) on the side just as like an exercise. Yeah, for myself that okay, once a week as like a hobby, I'm going to cook something. I'm going to photograph it and I'm going to like see and I love taking photographs. Mm -hmm. So all the photographs even on our Instagram page are all taken by me. Mostly all the photos have been taken while the process was on. Mm -hmm. There was no setup. Yeah. So anyways, I started doing that before my trip to Italy as well, cooking a little. I remember like the first thing I cooked was gnocchi, like nudi, in fact, from like an old Italian cookbook that a friend of mine had gifted me. And it was like very difficult at that point for me to like kind of bring Uh it together because I had no experience cooking or even understanding anything about the process. 
and then Italy happened and the course happened and it was all great I ate a lot <laughs> uh, it was food coma every day because also we're not used to eating so much food they would have like five yeah. course meals so there would be like a antipasti yeah. and a primi a secondi like a contorni which is like sides and a dessert and a dessert every day that's what we would cook and we would all sit together and eat so I learned definitely a lot of like little little things from yeah. the chefs there and like just how mm-hmm. they treated Italian food how the cooking process was for them as professionals I think my experience of eating Italian food and understanding how they interacted with produce mm-hmm. on top of everything else how important it was like what ingredient it the was ingredients. and they just like spun everything around it and mostly everything was ready within like 20-30 minutes just yeah. because it was so ingredient focused and how passionate they were from where mm. that ingredient came from I mean for me yeah. I'm a Bombay child born and bred here I don't have much family in the smaller towns I know it exists in India as well it's just uh-huh. I didn't have that connect exactly. with like my grandparents being back mm. in like a small town or village where they still had that process or that like kind of importance of seasonal produce yeah. and like all of that so I think I Weirdly enough, even though it exists so much in India, I understood it better on that trip to Italy. You were just outside of your comfort zone. I was as outside well, of my in comfort a completely zone. Completely new I country. Was in small towns and villages most of the time. Not even like the big cities. Barely, like two days exactly. in Florence, two days in Rome, but the rest of it was all on the outskirts. On the countryside. So for me, most of my learning has been like experiential, mm-hmm. and like that's where it kind of started. Yeah. You know, you visited like you mentioned not just the big cities but also the countrysides and you've talked previously about how you can never forget your first meal which was a massive ricotta tortellini yes which was served with butter and sage oh, yeah. and thinly sliced porcini mushrooms with <laughs> a drizzle of balsamic so I'd landed <laughs> in Bologna in Italy and yeah. found out from my Airbnb host who was also a chef apparently everyone in Italy deals with food <laughs> uh, he recommended a couple of restaurants I could go to yeah. and like that was the first restaurant uh-huh. I went to and I I don't know how, but I did meet a random bunch of people who were at dinner with me, who were yep. Italian, ah. who helped me order, basically. Yeah. Because otherwise I would not have... Uh, Known what to get. Unless like I walked into a tourist place and they would have recommended the same things that every exactly. tourist probably orders. Yeah. So I got lucky or I, it was very intentional. I guess I wanted that experience yeah. in a way. And yeah, that was at Bologna, the yeah. ricotta tortelloni with butter sage. My pronunciation <laughs> for that is completely butchered not Um, at all but you know the sound of that alone is probably just one of the most incredible meals that you've had on that trip yeah so what would be one of the most memorable and one of your favorite dishes that you tried on your trip to Italy wow that's a tough one (laughs) (laughs) I mean of course the cacio e pepe yeah the first time that I had that Uh in Rome was also like a revelation because I was like that's insane that this has only three ingredients yeah and it tastes like this so it's butter cheese and there's pepper, no butter actually no butter no really yeah so the authentic roman as the romans were really has only the tonarelli which is the fresh pasta that mm-hmm. they use there it's like spaghetti yeah. and uh, which is an egg pasta and uh, pecorino cheese mm-hmm. and black pepper that's it that's it i was just like this is impossible yeah <laughs> like this could create this but like obviously yeah. the main ingredient there besides the pasta being fresh is the pecorino cheese and exactly. like the cheese is real and the mm. cheese 
has a story of its own and it has flavor yeah. and it has everything there and again because it's just cheese and pepper those are the two distinct tastes that hit you when you exactly. eat that and for me that was like refreshing because i was like okay when i'm eating this my brain is going just to those two tastes yeah and i think that experience of eating food where you can exactly pinpoint what you're tasting yeah and that kind of stays with you through the meal was uh-huh. pretty amazing to me it was very unique yeah and i think that comes back to like the importance of ingredients as well and how yeah. important it is to have the best quality and like the freshest of ingredients that you can possibly get so when you started kachiawe pape back over here in mumbai yeah was it difficult for you to get a certain standard of ingredients that you know you possibly were used to in italy or you wanted to replicate uh so you'd be surprised absolutely not really <laughs> <laughs> Every ingredient that we use even now in Kachiwa Pepe, except for the olive oil and maybe like specialty ingredients like porcini or truffles mm-hmm. that yeah. are not indigenously available yet, yeah. are all locally sourced. Really? Yeah. Wow. Including the parmesan, uh-huh. which is like obviously it's not parmigiano reggiano, which yeah. is like another beast altogether, <laughs> and it's like just amazing. But yeah. uh, you get reasonable parmesan here for what. I started doing which was mm-hmm. which was not finished dishes so I would use a reggiano on top of a yeah. dish yeah. but if I'm cooking something or if I'm making a filling I can get away with using a local version of the parmesan which might not be so layered and yeah. like complex but mm-hmm. it's still is pretty good so I started of course from my bedroom yeah just making pasta with whatever few tools I'd gotten from my first <laughs> trip there just as for friends and family I was like mm-hmm. I need to do this the food there's amazing I'm not going to get it ever here and I tried of course I'm like this doesn't exist I've never eaten yeah. at a restaurant yeah. here so I'm just going to make my own ravioli and gnocchi and like we're going to eat that and I'm yeah. going to like send it to friends and family and see yeah. what they think 100 pieces for me at that time was like a lot Uh, now we can do like 800 pieces a day. Oh my god! And uh, <laughs> obviously, like over the time, yeah. I picked up speed. But like yeah. at that time, it was tricky, and everyone loved it. I mean, I did a spinach ricotta ravioli. I made a version, of course, not the real ricotta, which is yeah. made with whey, and you need like a setup for yeah. it. But yeah. I did like sort of a version, a homemade version of uh-huh. the ricotta, which is like a farmer's cheese sort of. that i made myself and then spinach we have plenty spinach yeah <laughs> and nutmeg we have quite a bit good spices yep. around <laughs> and salt and parmesan that's it and flour and eggs it was all available like literally within a uh, uh-huh. 1 km radius for me <laughs> was it challenging to do like 100 pieces like by yourself in your house or did yeah. you like have some help like my my family was forced yeah. to help yeah. <laughs> they had no choice yeah. they had no choice for a whole year that i ran the business from home yeah i mean not with the making but they would help like with because obviously like there was teething issues with oh my god the pasta sticking it's so humid i yeah. can't make it without the ac because right. it's sweating and yeah. like the dough is too thin all those things like teething problems happen but uh-huh. like i would eventually be able to make it it was just take me like three times the amount of time it takes me now <laughs> and how did you like overcome those challenges about like the weather and the just repeatedly doing it yeah <laughs> making mistakes did you ever think okay maybe you know the indian market they don't really know what fresh pasta is 
Uh, and no one did. It was very yeah. difficult to explain to people what it was. And they all said, like, can you cook it and give it to me? And I refused that. I was like, you might as well order takeout. The point yeah. of having this is because this is going to taste thousand times better than takeout. Because uh-huh. you can't have pre-cooked pasta taste the same way as when you boil it and put it on your plate and then yeah, eat it. Exactly. Nothing is going to compare. <laughs> uh, but I think there's like, it's just so much like beauty. Because I remember when I get you know your fresh pasta the whole thing about being able to cook it in my kitchen and then serving it to my family because a lot of people you know might like to put their own spin on things and then take credit for something that they've made especially people that are just starting out to cook like things like this are such a great stepping stone into being more experienced in the kitchen and honestly this was also one of my takeaways from that first trip to Italy was how involved people were in their own Mm -hmm. food it was not just eating to fill your stomach yeah it mattered to them where it came from. And obviously, this is, again, my ignorance from growing up as a city child, maybe, or in an Indian family where you get home-cooked meals ready for you. And, like, especially, like, my generation onwards, like, we don't really have time to go into the kitchen for much, you know. When I went to Italy, I saw, like, everyone was still very into their yeah. food. Like, they were interested in what ingredient was seasonal yeah. and, like, putting simple ingredients together, but, like, putting together something themselves. And, yeah. you know, that kind of connection with food, even while you're cooking it, changes your relationship on how you eat it, yeah. how you consume it. And I think, like, over here, I noticed people were just consuming food for the heck of it. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, like, I would be excited to, like, take something home and, like, just spend 15 minutes and, like, bring it together. Bring in a little bit of my touch to exactly. what I'm making. But I have, like, a premium ingredient to work with that is still home style. So I was, like, very excited about, like, all my customers kind of also being there, like, where yeah. they were interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. I know, aside from pasta, you also do biscotti, amaretti, and, like, a lot yeah. of smaller, like focaccia as well, like a lot of other big So that foods. happened only later that year. Yeah. In the next few months after the lockdown happened, the first two, three months, I was able to do it basically five times a week. I added a couple of sauces because people were looking yeah. for things to like pair with their pastas. And uh, then I added a biscotti, little, mm-hmm. little things. Do you plan on introducing, you know, maybe some other Italian baked goods or other Italian sort of I would smaller things to. besides <laughs> pasta? I would love to do a lot yeah. of Italian baked goods, but uh-huh. you know, like a bake, I've learned that. I mean, I believe you're a baker, so you yes. know. <laughs> I am not at all. <laughs> I'm more of an intuitive yeah. cook and yeah. it's completely different from baking. Because baking is quite technical and precise. Is, exactly. But there's so much freedom when it comes to doing something like a pasta. Exactly. This is why I stuck to a weekly menu because I'm not a technical cook. I'm not yeah. a trained chef. Yeah. None of that. So I stuck to my strengths Mm -hmm. which was like you know I know how to make this taste good because I've eaten something like this that I like to give Mm -hmm. so I'm going to adjust the ingredients if I want it's going to be different from last week but it'll still be good and I guess it gives someone so much more variety to you know come back I can try something next week try something the week after the baked goods is a dream but it's a completely different setup it's a completely different ball game yeah so it's not something unfortunately that I can do in my current setup but it's like pipeline dream yeah (laughs) I'd like to learn that's something that I can actually professionally probably learn yeah because it is technical I know that at Kacha e Pepe because earlier you'd suggest just like a sage and a butter sauce mm-hmm. but now you've started offering a lot more sauces as well as a part of your menu so how do you go about pairing a pasta with a sauce and like how do you put that together into like one complete dish 
what are like the main components of making fresh pasta and like how do you go from start to finish with like a complete dish to me i mean the starting point was just basically very traditional recipes that mm-hmm. i'd either eaten or heavily researched yeah in italian books i mean yeah. i like learned basic italian so that i could dive deep <laughs> down into like really vintage italian cookbooks or like understand recipes from friends back home who could only like communicate well in italian or uh, italian food blogs for that matter not english food blogs uh, so most of the recipes that i started with for example ravioli were mm-hmm. based off those fillings yeah. that were very authentic very traditional from different regions of italy yeah 80% of the ravioli we still do are these recipes yeah 20% is um, sort of <laughs> pairings that i personally enjoyed in food that might not have been inside a ravioli mm-hmm. that my i might have eaten as an antipasti or uh, as part of like a cheese platter like a condiment with a certain cheese that kind of really worked with me whether it yeah. was like caramelized pears or Uh, yeah. You know, like that. I know that. Oh my god, this tastes so good with blue cheese. Like, I'm and like bringing that, in that like ravioli. sweet and salty together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so twenty percent of that I kind of brought in as a, like mm-hmm. sort of an experimental yeah. or like local ingredients. Like, if it's winter here, I try to use like mustard greens in yeah. like sort of a local version of a panzotti, which is like foraged greens and ricotta ravioli from like Liguria. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I do like a uh, seasonal greens ravioli yeah. from here. or like corn you don't get a corn ravioli <laughs> really no corn for them is like cattle food really so they will look down upon a sweet corn filling a sweet corn ravioli yeah, yeah. and they're very particular about the food but i mean in the monsoons i love doing like a oh, sweet corn so yeah good. like a little bombay uh, yeah of course flavor inside just to bring the, the two sort of yeah flavors it's possible together. to do that and still kind of maintain an authenticity about yeah. the dish in its whole exactly because again uh, as a rule not too much sauce even though we have a lot more sauces mm-hmm. mostly for ravioli we still recommend butter condiments so it's butter sauces but the butters are flavored differently just oh, to kind okay. of give people like a novelty so there's a blue cheese butter or the lemon chive butter uh-huh. that you can kind of use to flavor your ravioli a little slightly complimentary but still like yeah. light enough for the ravioli to stand out yeah so the sauces are still pretty much authentic there's nothing like very experimental or out of the yeah completely so just adding a little bit of flavor to different types of butter to have the pasta shine. I still aim to get the approval of the Italians. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should be feed- we should show them like a plate of the sweet corn um ravioli. Make, yeah. Just make them try it and like their opinion I'm pretty sure will completely change. Yeah. <laughs> and you know as like a sort of wrap up question that I like to ask all of the guests coming on the show, what is one dish maybe authentic Italian maybe completely different? a dish dessert anything that you'd recommend that our listeners try out again uh <laughs> if you travel to italy yeah. uh every region has its own specialty just like india mm-hmm. and there is a specialty in every region that you cannot miss and yeah. my only advice would be like if you travel then you want to taste italian food is to figure out what the local specialty is and what the local seasonal ingredient there is there that uh-huh. grows yeah. or that's available whether it's cheese or um 
a certain vegetable or a certain specialty pasta that's from there and just eat it there because you do not get a version of that dish anywhere else even in Italy there are certain things that i've tried in um, puglia that i haven't eaten in any other part of italy and it's like usually very simple peasant food literally like pasta and beans mm-hmm. but the way it's prepared with the local cheese or ingredients is just not replicable it can only be experienced there Yeah on that note thank you so so much for coming on here and speaking with me today and it was such an honor to have you thank you um it was so inspiring to hear your story coming from you know filmmaking and production background to going on this solo trip right outside your comfort zone yeah. to Italy <laughs> and here you are now making the most delicious kinds of pasta and gnocchi it's just so inspiring to listen to your story and yeah thank you so much thank you so much That was a Beksha Agarwal on food from here and there. Take a look at the episode description to find Kachiyawe Pape on social media. And of course, come say hi and follow me on Instagram at @alitabaker to see my latest adventures in the kitchen. Bye and see you next week.